0: Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great events, activities, programs, and people right here at Lamar University. I'm Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, and you know it, I am back to host this week's episode of the LU Moment. Now listen guys, the Office of Undergraduate Research, they have been doing a lot this fall semester, and so they just hosted their 8th Annual Research Conference covering humanities, arts, social and behavioral sciences, education, and business. I know that's a mouthful, um, but we're excited excited about that, they had guest speaker Dr. Juan Luis Nicolau. Now, uh, Dr. Nicolau is currently the J. Willard and Alice S. Marriott Professor of Revenue Management at Virginia Tech University. Uh, prior to joining Virginia Tech in 2017, he was full professor of marketing and dean of the College of Economics and Business at University of Alicante, Spain, his hometown. Uh, Dr. Nicolau has been included in the top twenty-five international researchers in tourism in the ranking published by Tourism Management Perspectives. He has been the recipient of twenty-one awards, nineteen research awards, and two teaching excellence awards, and published more than one hundred and thirty research articles, one hundred and five of them included in the Journal of Citation Reports of the Web of Science. Uh, he's also published two books in five chapters. His research has appeared in top hospitality and tourism journals as well as general management and marketing journals such as strategic management journal omega and marketing letters. Uh, Dr. Nicola is a member of 13 editorial review boards of scientific journals including associate editor of Journal of Travel Research, Tourism Management, Annuals of Tourism Research and Tourism Economics. Um, He's got a lot going on, but we love that. He was included in the world's top 2% of most cited scientists, according to the Stanford University ranking. He has received the MVP Award for Research Excellence, and that's awarded by Virginia Tech, um, Pamplin College of Business, for two consecutive years in a row, both 2020 and 2021. I can't tell you, Dr. Nikolai, what a pleasure it is to have you here with me today. Tell our audience, just to a little bit about yourself
1: well i'm uh, the married professor at um, virginia tech mm-hmm. and before that i was at university of alicante in spain yes and there i was a uh, full professor of marketing mm-hmm. and actually i was the dean of the college of business and i have to step down to come here to, <gasps> to come to the u.s to, oh, wow. to work for virginia tech Wow, yes, it, it was an opportunity and a challenge mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So
0: how has the transition been um, for you from Spain to America? How has that been? Wow,
1: well, it's, it's been a r- big, big change. But my wife and I, when we came uh, at the time, our son was two and a half. Oh,
0: wow. Yes,
1: actually, for the most part. We decided to take the plant because of him. Yes. Because of the opportunity that this represents, at the very least, to become bilingual in a in a mm. natural way, yeah. and also the opportunity to be in a multicultural environment. Yes. So we look at that as a great opportunity. We in Spain we were very well. Yes. Both of us we were working and yes. and actually as a, a as I said I was full professor with a tenure mm-hmm. and. So everything was, but this was good. But uh, this was a great opportunity and we thought of uh, our child's future. Yes.
0: And
1: we decided to take the plunge. And in response to your question, yes, at the beginning it was a challenge. But given that we were predisposed and we knew that it was going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. we came prepared.
0: Yes.
1: So we made that possible. We mm-hmm. made that possible and uh, at the beginning taking into account that everything was new mm-hmm. and by new I mean not only the academic life but yes. also the personal life. Yes. So there were many things that you have to adjust but anyway we we had been here before I was uh, yeah. in I was visiting a scholar also at Temple University in yes. Philadelphia. Yes. Mm-hmm. So w- we knew but obviously it's not the same <laughs> when you are going to stay <laughs> one month, 3 months that right. you are planning to stay. Um, a, a certain number of years, right. you know, because it, there are many bureaucracy to take care of, mm-hmm. so at the beginning it was a challenge, but given that we know that that was going to be like that, we our mindset was prepared for that.
0: It was prepared, and so, you know, I always think that Alicante Spain is so rich in um, culture and history, um, and so how have you brought that experience from Spain over here to your students um, at Virginia Tech?
1: Yes, I actually I can tell you an anecdote about that uh, that <laughs> cultural thing. I mm-hmm. remember when I was in Alicante, I was very involved in international programs. Yes, and actually, and uh, we have a uh, Lamar University has uh, an exchange st- study abroad program with right. uh, University of Alicante. That's right. And it's uh, something that Doctor and and I implemented mm-hmm. previously. Uh, with uh, Dr. Dan French that was actually he was the one who started that program many years ago and we have continued that that program and currently we are proud to say that even though I'm not there (laughs) but the the people in charge of the program Mm -hmm. they are continuing with that because as I said it's a it's a something it's a privilege to Yes. Uh, to uh, the University of Alicante to be in touch with Lamar University and I hopefully the other way around.
0: Yes.
1: And the anecdote that I was telling you about is that I remember that on um, one occasion I invited some students to come to my hometown. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, my hometown in Alicante is a small town. Uh, I'm talking about 9,000 people. Oh, wow. Yes.
0: That's very small. Yes,
1: but we know each other. Yes. So, but the anecdote that I was telling you is that I, I was walking around the American students that mm-hmm. they came and suddenly they stopped at a fountain mm-hmm. and they read the year they, that fountain was built. Yes. And we're talking about 1600. So, oh, wow. Wow. They were. this fountain is older than our country.
0: Yes.
1: So that gives you an idea that it was a small town and they were appreciating that singularity of that Mm -hmm. thing. So, when it comes to bringing that cultural element, Mm -hmm. in a certain way is, now I'm not going to say the word easy, but it's a straightforward, because when you make some comparisons, so, oh, so that you are doing that because there is a tradition in doing that. and By comparison, sometimes when it comes to business, for example, Mm -hmm. and in marketing, Yes. was created here yes so uh, when it comes to the the innovative elements you know that you have those elements are here right mm, yes but when you are trying to incorporate why certain people behave from a consumer viewpoint mm-hmm. and when there is a historical element a, a tradition then there is a, a nice um, synergy between yes. that innovation of this country mm-hmm. and that tradition of Spain, to say that this is this my, my hometown yes. country. So in a, in a way, I'm trying to, to bring what's new for them uh-huh. so that when they put together their mindset and yes. those new elements, they can form new, when we are talking about business, mm-hmm. they can create new strategies. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when it comes to mm, implementing new strategies, yes. it, it, it's about being creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the more elements, the more inputs you get from yes. different facets in life, yes. the richer your creativity and mm-hmm. the richer the the strategy will be. So in a way, that's the the way that I try to put together both elements.
0: Yes, and I love that you kind of pull in rich history and you kind of meet the students where they are and um, you think about creativity, and especially in today's world where technology is kind of king <laughs> and you kind of have to get a little more innovative in how you approach students um, in that way. But um, what are you hoping that our students walk away from, from your presentation today?
1: At the very least, I'm hoping that some curiosity has been sparked yes. after the presentation. Because to become a scientist or a researcher, mm-hmm. you have to have curiosity. Right. And the thing is that sometimes people ask me, mm, I'm not sure if I want to to continue my career with a master mm-hmm. or if later I'm going to do a PhD.
0: Right.
1: Well, the thing is that they are, they are completely different worlds. Right. But the thing is that if you want to embark yourself on a PhD, you have to be full of curiosity. Right. And, and that's something that's an inner thing that mm-hmm. you have. And you want to know the why and wherefore things happen. Right. And you want to try to analyze that. Mm-hmm. So, what I've tried to show today is that, first, your predisposition to that curiosity is something that you have to have, but you can foster. Right. And at the same time, that today, in, the, in today's environment, when you have a plethora of data, yes. if you want right. to become a researcher, today is the right time. Right. Because there is a lot of information. Take into account that when it comes to exploring the world from mm-hmm. from the data that you have, you were mentioned about new technologies. Right. So it's the example that I I said in the presentation. Mm-hmm. In the in the old days, when you had a question, a historical question, you went to, uh, to, the, to the books. Yes, yeah, you yeah. went to the encyclopedias yeah. and you looked or if it was something more mundane you were to your family right you have to reach out to people well, yeah. but today you go to google
0: uh-huh is at your fingertips
1: and yes <laughs> and, but google let's put quote unquote, what is smart enough to register every search that we do that's right so we have that information mm-hmm. and i just this is just an example of google but many companies they are registering and some of them they are publishing the data mm-hmm. so from a research viewpoint, it's a great opportunity to analyze many things that previously was was not doable yeah. to do that
0: yeah yeah it's very interesting that you say that we have everything at our fingertips so it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting to see um, especially when you have professionals like yourself that have done this for years with so much experience that you can kind of um, model after and so how do you find the passion to continue doing research I know you've been published in several <laughs> several publications how do you find that passion
1: yes you are right you have to be passionate about that you have to be yes. passionate because uh, thinking to come that uh, to become a researcher, it's a long path and implies <laughs> sacrifices. Right, yes. Because take into account that, yes, you have everything at your fingertips, but most of the time you are by yourself yes. in your ivory tower. Let's mm-hmm. put that metaphor like that. <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, you are there analyzing everything, but in your solitude. Mm-hmm. So it implies sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, in on many professions there are sacrifices but what I mean by that is that here you have to make those sacrifices and the results they are not immediate. Right. And when by comparison, when you are if you are working in the industry, you are doing your job, yeah. you are getting paid for that, but when you are becoming a trying to become a researcher, mm-hmm. it's a long process. You see the fruit in the long run. So yes. at the beginning there is a, a steep curve mm-hmm. but once you climb that curve, that steep curve, yes. then you see the light of the end of the tunnel and this is something this is something that happens across the, the board. When you are doing your PhD dissertation, that's a a long generally a four eight, year yes. process. Yes. And you always hear that metaphor, that analogy. Well, now finally, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. That's the the metaphor, but it reflects very well what's the researcher's life. Yeah, that you are starting everything. You don't know how you are going to to do that, but in the end, when the lights appear, when the light appears, yes, this the the satisfaction. The, it's a, it's something is really rewarding. And you were mentioning about how do I get Mm self-motivated is something that is inside me because I'm curious about how things happen yeah and when it comes especially to business relationship and trying to help the industry Mm -hmm. because we are trying to progress from a scientific viewpoint yes applying new theories but also trying to help the industry to help them make optimal decisions so what we do is that in many industries things are just done by inertia just because yeah. we have done that forever yes. that's the way that this works. but here we see okay look here this is working because a produces b mm-hmm. but take into account that if you enrich a and you implement this strategy yes. you can get C, which is higher than B. I'm talking in terms of performances. So that's the the point that you're showing them how to improve their business and how to make optimal decisions to improve those businesses.
0: I appreciate you, Mr. Nicolai, for joining me today and speaking um, on research and how our students can get involved. This is Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.